You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we find ourselves still in the month of Elul, engaging and grappling with the natural tendencies that we have to think about when we think about Elul. We're conditioned to a certain degree, as I've spoken about in the two previous thoughts on Elul, we're conditioned to look at Elul as a despondency-inducing time period where the individual is forced to contemplate their misdeeds, their transgressions, their failure to live up to the ideals that we've set for ourselves, which generally opens up the entire process of falling into the pockets of shame that suffocate us and drag us further down away from the possibility of uplifting ourselves. And when we're engaged in this negative form of thinking, of utilizing eyes that search out that which is broken in need of fixing, we are far too vulnerable and far too taught and and conditioned rather to look for that which is bad and to continue to find that which is bad to the degree that tshuva ends up looking like something that brings sadness god forbid upon a person and the simple truth and the simple reality is that when engaged in the process of tshuva when engaged in the process of elul or confronting elul in the proper way the singular word that needs to stand to the forefront of our minds is simcha joy Joy, the possibility of joy is the biggest secret at the heart of Yiddishkeit, the secret that one can rightfully find joy and happiness in this world, in spite of appearances, in spite of struggles, in spite of the apparent absence of godliness, in spite of the apparent suffering, in spite of the apparent inability to fix. Nevertheless, the chiddush, the novelty of holiness is that one has a right to be besimcha in this world, that it's good to be happy that the world is good, that Hashem is good, that people are good, that I am good, that encounter is good, that experience is good. It speaks to the very opposite impulse that we have at the heart of ourselves to see this world as a struggle, to see this world as a space that can pull me away from holiness, and a space that demands a certain heaviness or sobriety of thought that puts me into a position where I don't judge myself favorably and where I allow myself to fall into pockets of sadness in the hopes that maybe I'll come out of that a little bit stronger. But in our generation, specifically in our time, the sadness is off limits. Joy, demand towards joy, the unreasonable demand of joy, the pushing ourselves ever so slowly into the insanity that joy necessitates, that we have to abandon ourselves to logic. We can no longer allow our lives to be dictated by how they appear on the outside. I can no longer take an accounting of my good deeds, my misdeeds, etc., in order to determine what the balance of my emotional posture should be. One must be 
endlessly joyous. Each and every moment is another opportunity for a person to connect to the secret of joy. Now, joy is obviously not an unbridled excitement that denies any possibility of sadness, because otherwise the tzaddikim, especially Rabbi Nachman, would not have to command us to be joyous in spite of all things. Joy is a choice that a person makes. Joy is a path of Bechira that when I engage with the intensity of my mind, and I realize that I have the capacity to create the framework of thinking that I would like to live in a accordance with, and I accept upon myself the yoke of that effort of mindfulness and intentionality and focus and attention in all things that I do at any moment that I can, we begin to understand that the work of joy is serious work. Besimcha desvarim seyer osios machshava, thought. Joy is dependent on nothing other than the thinking that I apply towards looking at the world outside of me. I cannot choose joy internally. I cannot demand that I actually feel joyous. That's not up to me. What I can command myself to do, what I can choose to do is to act joyous in spite of all things, to... to to make things lighter, to make things happier, to clap, to take myself a little bit more ser less seriously, to embrace the lightness of being, to embrace the unbearable lightness of being, the recognition that in any moment that I so choose to close my eyes deep enough to the experiences that I feel on the five external layers of myself, I can come in contact with the innermost point and secret, which is that in my mind, I can open up a place where everything is okay. Everything being okay is the birthplace of joy, that sense of shlemus, of wholeness. Now, again, on the one hand, Maharal says that joy comes from a sense of wholeness and perfection, but we know that wholeness and perfection are an impossibility. On the other hand, we have Chazal who tell us, Ezehu Ashir HaSameach Bechelko, one who is truly rich in all manners of richness, is one who has found joy with their lot, what Rav Kook refers to as a Simcha Chelkis, a partial joy. So on the one hand, we have a joy that is dependent upon wholeness. On the other hand, we have the fundamental truth that joy is something that is perpetually partial. And the secret ultimately is that it's the ability to see fullness within partiality. It's the ability to see the whole within the part. When I am in a position in my life and I don't have everything I need and I don't have the circumstances that I need and the other people are not doing what I need and this is not doing what I need and that is not doing what I need and I'm stuck placing my blame and resentment on all other things and I'm feeling that my life is not perfect. In that moment, I have to uncover the inherent perfection within imperfection that that within the part, within the broken, fallen part of this worldly experience that appears to be so devoid of all of the connection that I need, I can make a hard stop and choose to close my mind and say, I am besimcha right now. I am okay. I have everything that I need. This is the prerequisite to tshuva. Tshuva is the secret of ki besimcha If I look at myself as deficient and incapable, then I will be buried in my transgressions and most significantly the shame and the sadness and the despondency that comes along with it because truth be told that's a more comfortable place to be because the sadness and the despondency they swallow me to the point that I don't have to do anything and there's a self-loathing that allows me to marinate in my inability to move forward. And ultimately, I'm not going to move forward. I'm going to assume that this is the ultimate reality. Simcha is demanding. Simcha is expansive. Simcha is making a choice to live as if I am okay right now, in spite of the fact that I don't necessarily feel okay, in spite of the fact that I just fell and all of this spiritual value that I've gained over the last seven or eight days has now suddenly gotten lost. And now I feel like I'm back at ground zero and it's impossible for me to start again. The Karliner says that even though sadness is not an Avera, sadness is the most destructive thing, far more destructive than any transgression I can possibly imagine, because the sadness is the thing that tells me that tshuva is not possible. Tshuva is dependent on the secret of an unbridled joy that is based upon nothing other than itself, like everything in Yiddishkeit.
like everything that tries to model itself after the Rabbi Nishalayim, it stands upon nothing other than the fact that it exists. Just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mechuyah from Metzius, nothing created God, so too our joy, as the Tzadikim, especially in the Babich, tell us, our joy and our human experiences are also, to a certain degree, Yesh Me'ayin. I can create joy out of nothing. I can choose joy. I can choose faith. Derech Amunah Bacharti. It's a matter of my thinking. And joy is ultimately the singular thing that's going to bring us to the place we need to get to. As the Arizal famously told Reb Chaim Vital, the prerequisite to all of my hasaga is simcha. And it's not a simcha that's dependent on action. It's not a simcha that's dependent on performance. It's a simcha with the very simple fact that I exist. My own existence is the birthplace of that irreducible joy that rests at the card of the neshama. Neshama shenasatabi tahoyrahi. I have a reason to be happy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given me this burden of a gift of an irreducibly holy soul that I can't erase no matter how hard I try. It's not mine to defile. It's not mine to lose. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you've given me this thing which offers me the opportunity to tap into joy at any moment that I please. With the most minimal amount of joy, a person can transform everything. One of my favorite stories that I've been thinking about over the last few months is a story I saw about the Balatanya. It was a family of, of younger people who had been closer to Hasidus. They devoted themselves to the path of the Alter Rebbe and they became card-carrying Hasidim. But they had either a father or grandfather who was refusing to cross over that line and he still remains caught up in his own personal path of Avedis Hashem. And they came to the Balatanya asking, what effort should we put in in order to ensure that he transitions to the right side of Hasidus? And the Balatanya sat there wondering and thinking for a second and he asked, is there ever a moment in this person's life in his Havodah Sashem where he experiences joy? Is there any joy associated with his Havodah Sashem? And the children spent some time thinking. And they said, yeah, when he raises Lulav on Sukkis, he's happy. And the Balatanya said, if he has a moment of happiness, then there's nothing to talk to him about. No reason for him to change a single thing that he's doing. As Rabbi Nachman says, that Simcha is a demand. It's a command to act as if I am besimcha, to take the despondency and the brokenness and the hopelessness and the forlornness and all of the expressions that pull us down and to force it into the realm of simcha. Not to ignore those feelings, not to say that those feelings don't exist, but rather to drag them into simcha so that as those feelings of sadness and distance and all of the different things, they still continue to exist, but they exist within a shape and a space of simcha. The goal of simcha is not to negate the hard work that needs to be done in self-refinement and work towards a better self. But the goal of simcha is to ensure that the work towards a better self and self-refinement never drag me down to a place that's irredeemable. As long as I am holding on to simcha, as long as I am holding on to that or kitov, to that ability to close my eyes and say, Baruch Sha'amar Why? I don't know why, because I decided. Derech I've chosen this. Once I choose it, once I brazenly, firmly plant my feet on the ground and say, I am besimcha for the next hour, no matter what comes about, even if it's hagashos of avelus and atzvus and marashchayra it will all be seen through the realm of simcha. Ki besimcha teitzeyu. The avoidus penim, one of, in my humble opinion, one of the most heiligas svarim available, writes as follows. When a person wants to return in tshuva, a person has to ensure that they don't allow themselves to be in atzvus and sadness. And they should spend some time contemplating all sadness is emergent from the feeling that I have missed something. I have missed an opportunity to align myself with the true desire of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But sadness is also that which stands in stark opposition to the Ratzon of Hashem. 
How can I repent or return from the things that I've done to take me away from God with something that in and of itself takes me away from God, which is atzvus, which is sadness. It's like trying to put out a fire with straw. The ikra tshuva the simcha, the ikra of tshuva, the ikra way to return to believe in myself, to float a little bit more beyond my stuckness and beyond my conditionality and beyond my behavioral stuckness is going to be through simcha because a tefach soichik, a tefach soichik, a laughing tefach, as opposed to a tefach atzav, like we said, is when it's measured with an openness between the fingers, rather a closeness. That simcha is what opens me up. Simcha is what allows me to see the openings and the positions in which I can move forward. Things that I couldn't see when I was condemned and constricted with a mindset of atzvus. Somebody who misses the path and finds themselves lost. This is not the path to go on. There's a birthplace of joy there. And this is the secret of that I come out with joy. Rabbi Nachman warned us about this. Rabbi Nachman demanded that we be besimcha. Someone who understands simcha doesn't demand that you be besimcha. Elamai. Simcha is a choice that I can make. It's a tzivoy. I can force myself to live with a sense of joy. And I can place all of the things that take me away from my joy on the side and say, I will deal with you later. If you're still bothering me, when I come time to say, Kriyat Shema when I come time to give my soul over to you, God, at the end of the day, I will address those feelings. But until then, I am deferring them to the side. And what we'll find is that the simcha, the joy, the willingness to look at myself as whole in this world in one degree or another, as being able to do something for the Rabbani Shalom that nobody else in this world could do, especially with my joy, that my joy, the simcha that comes from me, is not a simcha that anybody else could offer the Rabbani Shalom. And the more unlikely it is to be besimcha in a real way, the more powerful and novel that simcha is going to be. The simcha is the emuna. it's the belief that Hashem, even though I have no idea how I can be fixed, even though I have no idea how it will be fixed, even though I'm exhausted, even though you're exhausted, even though we're all exhausted and hopeless, et cetera, et cetera, nevertheless, I persist in my joy, I persist in my joy, I persist in my joy, I dance my way into those difficult spaces, I dance my way up towards you, Rabbi What else is there to do other than to be besimcha? Ki besimcha teitzeyu, simcha is the only thing left that is available to us, a persistent Persistent and undying urge to uncover the light of wholeness that exists within me at this given moment, irrespective of all of the brokenness that surrounds me. When I can live my life with this simcha, with this koyach of the machshava, I can learn the secret of simcha that comes specifically when I overcome all of the reasons I have to not be besimcha. And all of us have enough reasons to not be besimcha. But all of us also have the koyach to overcome all of those reasons to not be besimcha and to still choose simcha. And ah, even if for 14 and a half minutes out of 15 minutes, I'm struggling to hold my mind on simcha and ignore all of those things that take me away and make me feel low about myself, that's a victory because I'm reminding my mind that I'm the one in charge here. B'machshava, it's totally in me. If I'm not going to choose joy, joy will never arise. And so when I choose joy, when I choose the path of joy, I uncover and I unlock the secret of tshuva me'ahava. And tshuva me'ahava comes to refine everything, rectify everything, transform everything. Yeshen yanshi tapechakol, the secret of tshuva, like Rabbi Nachman told us in his dream, which is the singing and the clapping and the dancing that takes place specifically where we feel that it should be fear and crying. And as the Gras said, that in spite of the fact that you have to cry on Rosh Hashanah, you also have to be besimcha gadol bezman tkiya shayfar. Because Shaifer is Rosh Hateva is Pinu Arena. It's the secret that all there's ever been is Simcha. All there's ever been are gradations of joy. All there's ever been of gradations of recognizing my inherent wholeness in spite of the abject brokenness that I encounter on every which way. 
And in that way, we can pull ourselves out ever so slightly by making freilich, by, by laughing, by dancing when we don't want to dance, by singing when we don't want to sing, by learning something light and illuminating. And if my mind gets too heavy on me to not enter into the space at that moment of my mind, if my mind wants me to feel bad about myself, I'm not entering into my mind. I will remain unconscious until those feelings pass. And when we can uncover this secret of simcha, we can uncover the simcha of machshava and to realize that in tali elabi, it's dependent on me to choose in this slight moment my relative position of simcha from within which I can uncover more and more good points. And when one good point leads to another good point, irrespective of how ugly or broken or unrefined it seems, in that way we're going to string together pearls and we're going to create the nigunim of simcha of our own lives. Nigunim of simcha are not songs that necessarily sound happy. They might be sighs, they might be cries, that might be the long, difficult process of what each and every yid goes through in this world. But ultimately, what Mashiach Sidkenu is going to be revealing is and the last day it's going to be revealed that it was always perpetually simcha and that simcha is a far wider space than we've given ourselves the ability to believe in simcha covers every ounce of emotional experience every feeling can be seen through a lens of simcha or atzvus simcha and atzvus are two lenses which we look at the general categories of ourselves and when we choose simcha when we choose joy and not atzvus then we can begin to look at the kas and the kina and the taiva and the kavod and all of the different things through the lens of simcha, which gives more openings. It reveals openings. It gives openings to hell. It helps me crawl my way out of hell because I can realize that I could be besimcha there also. I could be besimcha anywhere. There is no circumstance devoid of the capacity of choosing joy in my mind. That is the one thing that cannot be taken away from me. And Be'ezrus Hashem, when we choose Simcha, we can live out the story of the Balatanya that as long as Yid has one thing that brings them Simcha, one thing in Avodah Hashem that illuminates them, that lifts them up a little bit, so there's no need to tap into any other path of Chasidus, because Das is Chasidus. This is the Tachlis of Chasidus. Simcha Bechol Devarim. Simcha Belimachshava. A joy without contemplation, a joy without calculation, but rather a demand towards joy, a recognition, without joy, I will not make it. If I allow myself to be sad or to fall into atzvus or to fall into despondency that is untethered to growth, then I will not make it. Mamela, my medicine is joy, and I am not going to stop taking that medicine. I am not going to put myself in sakanas nefashos and let go of joy. And every safer and every rebbe or every person who implies anything otherwise doesn't properly understand the fact that it is a life or death medicine at this point. Simcha is the only remaining medicine. One must see themselves through eyes of strength and capability and capacity of fixing everything and realizing that I have Mashiach in me as much as any tzaddik in the world has Mashiach in them. And I have the ability to fix things in a way that nobody else, not even Moshe Rabbeinu, was able to do. And when I see myself as valuable, inherently valuable in a way that Hashem has never had any chen other than the chen that he has from me, at that point, I open myself up to the possibility of joy. And by opening myself up to the possibility of joy, I come to find that in truth, I'm feeling joy. It might be different than what I expected it to feel. It might be lower, less volume. It might not be as exciting or exuberant, but I feel a sense of inner wholeness. I feel an inner sense of calmness that allows me to move forward ever so slightly with confidence and with the tekifos de kedusha on the path of tshuva, Be'ezra Sashem. The music is by Zusha. 
For more from the Chef of Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>